Welcome back to Triple Coverage. I'm your host, Reagan Griffin, and I'm joined today by three very good friends of mine, Michelle Mankoff, Julio Martinez, and the man, the myth, the legend himself, Cameron Lewis. And we are doing this, we are doing this remotely because we are doing our part in terms of social distancing. So I'm in Memphis right now. Cam is in New Orleans. Julio's still in Southern California. Michelle's in Dallas. So we're all spread out across the country. Yeah, Michelle's in stinky Dallas. She's in stinky, smelly old Dallas. But, um, Oh, Eddie. Oh, Eddie is here too. Look at that. Popping up. I didn't expect I did not expect Eddie, but yeah, you are always looking on triple triple coverage as well, Eddie. Um, but today we are going to be discussing because it might seem like the world has stopped from y'all's vantage point, but the NFL world does not slows down. The NFL has not stopped. Nope, not at all. The NFL stops for no one. So today we're going to be discussing all of the crazy things that have been happening throughout free agency. And I want to start today with not even a free agent, just uh, something that really blew my mind. And I'm sure it blew y'all's minds too. DeAndre Hopkins, the trade between uh, Houston and Arizona. You had DeAndre Hopkins traded to Arizona for David Johnson, a second round pick and a fourth round pick. Houston also threw in a fourth round pick. Can I get y'all's thoughts on what occurred in this trade? Lots of things occurred. (laughs) And... And also, Michelle, still, you're not like, slick. I see that Patriots uh, helmet yeah, yeah, behind yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, we got, we got it all. We got you're the not Patriots. Slick. We got the fan. Cowboys. Bandwagon we're, really, we're heavy dominant on Cowboys here. You're heavy dominant on teams that I just hate. Like, yeah, heavy absolute. dominant on teams that, that are really hated in the world. Oh, but then gosh. here we've got, on the wall, we've got, we got everyone. Is the Eagles on there? That's nice. Yeah, we got the Eagles on there. Oh, look at that. We got the Eagles on there. I'm not completely biased. With this this Hopkins trade, I mean, what was said by Bill O'Brien saying that he hasn't had to have a meeting like this since Aaron Hernandez. Mm. That's like, that's been sort of the headline about this trade. Um, I don't know what y'all think about it. (laughs) I I mean, I, I feel like everybody's more surprised than I am just because... I mean, I don't want to say I expected this to happen, especially when you consider the relationship with D-Hop and uh, Deshaun Watson. But, I mean, you got to look at what you value more. You're the old lineman, you know, that, that you, you you wanted to get in Laramie Tunzel, and you got you to gotta pay Deshaun Watson soon. So, I mean, if, if, you, if there's going to be an odd man out, in my opinion, it's going to be D-Hop. And it's a tough sell to the team, maybe. But that's that's one way to put it. I feel it. like it's necessary. <laughs> it's a tough sell to. You think it's necessary? Because I mean, you have two other solid wide receivers, right? There. He's DeAndre Hopkins. He's top three wide receiver in the league with no quarterback for five years of his career. Easily true, but you got to pay Deshaun Watson, and that's going to be upwards of. That's almost going to hit fifty million by the time he gets. All right. Well, Cowboys signed. Zeke and Amari. Yeah, we'll get to that. Zeke and Amari, but uh, <laughs> not the quarterback. We'll get to that for sure. Yeah. But I see your point, Michelle. And there's a way to pay both your quarterback and your receiver. But I don't know. It feels more personal to me than financially motivated. This one, this one felt personal. And from the coverage that I'm seeing on it, obviously it's all conjecture, and you know I know nothing. But from Hopkins was was. He came out and wanted to clarify that he did not want to 
people to think Bill Bryan was racist. Right. And his people came out and said that. The, the uh, pro- yeah, the problem I did have with it, they I felt like they could have got way more. They could have got way more. And here's what... Well, I, I read a lot about the Aaron Hernandez situation back when he was on the Patriots. And what the team regrets not doing, the team regrets... They saw that he was getting involved with a bad group of people and they, they noticed that they wanted to have a meeting about it and they asked him if he wanted to be traded or if he would like to be traded and Hernandez said no and everyone knows what happened next. So if I'm going to go ahead and 100% defend Bill O'Brien, which I don't know if that's what I want to do. I don't know if that's the like the situation of what actually happened, but if he was thinking that by trading him for a little less than market value, I can get him out of a good, out of a bad situation and do something that I wasn't able to do for my player back in 2011. That is a reason I could see this trade making sense for Houston. Other than that, I see zero reason or rhyme to it. Yeah. Cam, what you think? It's just stupidity on on Bill O'Brien's part. I don't like. It's not really like trading Hopkins. It's just a return. Yeah. Yeah, they, that that's exactly initially, my point. Initially saying, initially saying, yeah, initially saying, that, I was like, okay, this is really bad because it happened. And then seeing what the Vikings got back for Diggs, I was exactly, like, exactly. This is really, really stupid. Like they got a first and a fourth back for Diggs, and Diggs is really great, but and yeah, and, and, and a he's lot of people might think you know Diggs is underrated. But Diggs isn't D-Hop. No way. Yeah. So my, my, my problem is exactly what Cam said. It's, it's not so much that they traded D-Hop. Because if Belichick would have traded, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he probably would have got something better in return. It's the return that Cam said. Which is why I'm thinking that O'Brien might have been like, let's just get him the heck out of Dodge right now. He didn't really care about what happened in return. That's the only That's just stupid because... Like I know Reagan agrees. Philadelphia would have probably easily given up that first and more. Like several. The Eagles. I would have hoped the Eagles would have given up that first. Two first. The Bills. Like a a lot of teams. Like yeah. Like there's a. And and then like the return, like David Johnson injury prone, like. Like if if we're talking and to different his full salary, yeah, yeah, and if we're talking to David Johnson, that was great. That's different, right? But he was good for one year. He had right. one year. Yeah, and one year got his full paid. salary. And didn't they do that like three, four years ago with the Apple trade? They took all like a foot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think Deshaun Watson. I was actually telling Reagan um, on on the clock that I think they're a season away from Deshaun Watson trying to get out of here. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I I totally agree that he should ask out for a trade. And after this season, when they lost to uh, who they lose to? Buffalo, I believe. The Buffalo, they lost in the second round, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, anyways, um, after they lost, DeAndre, I mean, uh, uh, Deshaun came out and said, uh, you know, Bill O'Brien's our coach. He's secure. I, I bet you feel a little bit different now. Um, and. And to think, you know, one of his better friends on the team got traded, I probably feels like they didn't let him know beforehand. For me, I don't think the issue is necessarily with uh, Bill Bryan, the coach. It's with Bill Bryan, the GM. And I just you cannot have the one dude do both jobs. 
Because there yeah, always has to be a check jobs. and a balance. Be great at both jobs. What's that? Bill Bill Belichick's that's the only reason why Bill Belichick has done it successfully is because Bill Belichick is emotionless. He doesn't feel he's like Kawhi Leonard. He's a robot. He has no emotion about him whatsoever. Whereas if you have an ego or an emotion, emotional attachment to things, you're going to make decisions that aren't in the best interest of your franchise. And whether it was he had some sort of personal rift with DeAndre Hopkins or he felt like he needed to get him out of there, whether you got him out of there that day or you got him out three days from then, the situation could not have been that dire to where you had to get him out of there in that instant. You couldn't have shopped him around and at least gotten the first round pick that you deserve exactly. for DeAndre Hopkins. So, you know, I, I just you have to have some sort of check and a balance because any, you know, GM that's not emotionally attached to the situation would have sat back and said, OK, if I have to trade this guy, I'm going to get as much back in return for him as I can. Um, but clearly, Bill, Bill O'Brien didn't do that for whatever reason. And that was going to be one of my next points is that why did it feel like you know, once free agency started in the first few days, like that's when it happens. Right. Like, why can't you just wait it out like the digs? NFL free agency. Yeah, I, re- I remember actually that day, like that morning, there was a report from Peter King, I believe, that was like, um, DeAndre Hopkins could be moved. Executives are saying that even like five hours later, he was traded. Yeah. yeah. It Is almost felt like the Chris F. situation. But yeah. Uh, what about from the Cardinals' point of view? What do you think that means for Kyler Murray? You know, you know how me and Cam feel. Uh, <laughs> my favorite player, Russell Wilson. And I see Kyler being that, or Cam. He can be that one day. Um, I'm just, I'm just happy he got someone other than Larry Fitzgerald. Because, I mean, if these two dudes were in their prime, like if, if Fitz was in his prime, it, it'd be over. It'd be over. I mean, you still you still have a pretty solid receiver in Fitz. He's on the older side, but he he's he's not a um he's, he's not a minus on here. the field. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if they can shore up that offensive line, um, for the long haul for, for Kyler, I mean, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think it's it's a lot of pressure to put on Kyler to give him a receiver like. Hopkins, because last year, all the struggles, no one blamed him. No one blamed him. But now, if he can't get, if he ends up not being able to get Hopkins the ball 70, 80 times this year, they're going to be like, well, Kyler, every other quarterback could do it. Why can't you? Um, and it's not necessarily his fault. It's like wide receivers changing offensive systems always is a little bit weird. Um, so we saw with Odell, no one would have guessed that he had as little production this year as he did. But mm-hmm. I think that we changed the the scheme for wide receiver. I mean, you just but, don't know how it's going to work. Yeah, but I, you know. I, I think what, what does help him or work in his favor is, you know, the, the uh, when they acquired uh, uh, the running back from the Dolphins. Kenny Drake. 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 So having someone solid like that in the backfield, rather than you know a questionable David Johnson, is good for him. But the offensive line still a problem. Yeah. I I think with them the offensive line was by far the biggest problem on their team. And that uh, the, the trade gives them the flexibility, and we talked about this one on the clock. It gives them the flexibility to go out and get offensive linemen in the draft. Um, Michelle, you brought up the scheme. Let's remember what scheme they're in now. That's the air raid. That's the air raid. You know, you know, Kingsbury. They they're gonna launch that thing. They're gonna. They're but gonna... does the air raid work when you're when Hopkins has got a safety over top? I mean, 
I mean, now now that you have double coverage over Hopkins, you get you give guys like right. Andy Isabella, Christian Kirk, you have them in one-on-one situations. And I think that's what it's set up to do is give receiver those one-on-one matchups and to take advantage of those. So I do think it'll be successful. Right. I agree with you that, you know, the um, – the scheme could be a, a bit of an adjustment and there could be a learning curve at first, but when you have a talent as great as DeAndre Hopkins, I feel like they make it work. Ne- ne- next to those two receivers, I just want to say, I feel like the perfect complementary piece would be someone like a John Brown mm. who used to be in, in, in Arizona, just go down the field and, you know, catch long balls. Right. They're clearly building towards something Arizona is. Um, exciting to see what it is because I feel like Arizona's never been a team that that you view as like respectable and like they could have their own seven year period of four division titles. They've never had that. Mm. Yeah, that NFC West is going to be formidable. That's for sure. I didn't want to overreact, but <laughs> you know, I feel like Kyler Murray's a superstar, and I feel like he's about to break out. like I feel like he's about to break out, like become one of the best seven and ten quarterbacks in football. I kind of feel like he already is, but it's bias on my part. But <laughs> just get him a line and a solid defense, man. That division is going to be crazy. Mm. Besides the Rams. You know what division is going to be crazy? The NFC the South. NFC East. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's always a given. Oh, yeah. Brady breeze twice South. a year. Speaking of the NFC South, let's get into it. Let's talk about Tom Brady. In the, this Buccaneers, and they just finalized today that it was what two years, fifty million, or th- was it three years? I forget. Um, I think it's two years, fifty, and there's like incentives that can just give them like an extra ten million. Yeah, the fifty is guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. The money was. You you think that Tom would have got that money from New England if he wanted that money from New England? He yeah. just wanted. He wanted out. Yeah, he wanted out. He wants I, to go out there and gunsling it to Chris, like Mike Evans and but, Chris Godwin. Like, okay, okay, that, that, that's the thing though. Like, Jameis was risk. What, what was the saying? Risky no biscuit, something. No like that? risk it, no biscuit. Yes, sir. Yeah, that, that yes, was sir. Okay, but Tom Brady isn't that type of quarterback. Mm-mm. Not at all. Those wide receivers are still those types of wide receivers. Exactly. And as a wide receiver who likes to go downfield and like, I feel like I compare Mike Evans to Dez because they just, they like quarterbacks to throw the ball up for them, you know, 50, 50 balls. I, I can appreciate that from my quarterback always giving me a chance to go get the ball. Oh, so now we appreciate Now we pre- we got appreciation for James. No, no, I'm not appreciating <laughs> Now we appreciate James. wide receivers do. Right. As much as I don't like James, I know those wide receivers probably appreciated him. It's going to be something so different, I feel like, with Tom Brady. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a bunch of short passes. Here's the question not you got to ask yourself. Is that, not necessarily uh, short. They're timing patterns. So, like, you can still get a 15-yard in route to Mike Evans, but – it's just short timing route, but you don't know what's going to happen. Brady could think, Brady could be saying he wants to go sling it and not do that old McDaniel's. That's, that's what I think style. is happening here is that yeah, Brady same. wants to actually let the ball loose a little bit because we know the type of receivers that they have in Godwin and Evans. We know the type of offense that Bruce Arians likes to run. He likes to push the ball down the field. So I think that Brady made a conscious decision to say, I want to be the guy that pushes the ball downfield again in the latter half of my career. I don't know if he has it in him or not. That's a question that remains to be answered, but I think that's what he wants to do. I agree. I agree, especially with all the reports that he like trying to get Tampa Bay and Antonio Brown on board. I definitely agree. Oh I think 
Never. Oh my god. That happened. <laughs> Never. That was- I'm not I'm not a fan of any of this because I think that see it twice a year. Yeah. But <laughs> that would be unfair if that's that's dangerous. It would be yeah, toxic. I think they're going to be really competitive. I don't know if they'll be a contender. I mean, well, I, I guess she can put him in there because of Brady. I mean, I think Brady made a conscious decision to go to a team in the NFC because he very aptly realized that Patrick Mahomes is he's he's there to stay. Hmm. Patrick Mahomes and and just in general, the AFC is a pretty tough place to play right now. I think just the top teams are really good. You've got. Like Buffalo, I think is on the up and up, mm-hmm. um, and and Kansas City and Tennessee, you have to contend with a lot of strong teams. Whereas in the NFC, you could play the Cowboys in the second round. <laughs> you know, yeah. like no, um, I, I have a question though. Uh, who's behind Ronald Jones, or who who's in that committee? Yeah. No, Might as well be me. Is why I think that draft pick becomes like really interesting. They're gonna get. They're they gonna got Peyton Barber, don't they? They're gonna get some help. Yeah. He. I mean, he's okay, but they definitely need help with the running back position. Yeah. I think yeah. they need. They need to get a running back who's can do the third and ones and the the short distance. Because looking at their offense right now, they don't have any sort of third down and three mm-hmm. game. Also, right. also what? Um, what I heard Dan Orlovsky on ESPN say uh, seven of the seven of their losses last year came in games that were lost by single digits. Yes. Well, Jameis Winston had 30 yeah, interceptions. That's why, okay, this is besides the point, but that's why, that's that's the thing with Jameis Winston. He wants to play hero ball. That's the, I, I keep on. Yeah, and, and Jameis Winston threw 18 interceptions in those seven games. And it's like. <sighs> If Tom Brady can just get those two possessions back, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but in the same breath, it's like with Jameis taking risks like that, that's the reason that they're in some of those games too. I just think that Jameis probably like get some of the risks that he took. In Tom Brady's mind, that's probably not risks. That's just a good read. But Mm. for Jameis, it's still risk because he's Ah, not doing the same type of looking that Tom's doing. Yeah, I think it's exciting for them. If we, um, you just don't know them, if you can establish a winning culture so fast to yeah. you know have them be a contender immediately because a winning culture is like it's so important come December and mm. January. Yeah, that's why the Patriots have been so good. Even like the last year they won the Super Bowl when they went eleven and five, lost to the Steelers and another team like and the Eagles late in the season, right? And then. 11 and 5 ended up going and winning the Super Bowl because they have the winning a culture of winning. You don't mm-hmm. can't establish that out of nothing. Now, apparently a lot of players want to go play with Brady now in Tampa Bay though. Uh that's I feel like that's a false report. I will I'm, I'm not going to say false report, but I feel like that was put out there to just keep riot, like, you know, piling on like oh shoot, maybe I should There's been play. two players that mm-hmm. have no impact on the until we see it, you know. Until we see I it. it. I mean, it's a new destination. It's Brady. Seems fresh. I think. I feel like. I feel like Florida. his agent put that out there. I feel like the state tech. Isn't the state tax like really low? If they have it, it's like five percent or something like that. No state tax. No state tax. No state tax. In that case, everyone should just okay. Texas, Florida. You love yeah. to see it. Yeah. But I mean, Brady's not in Texas. But I mean, if he was like, if he was to go, you know, join the Cowboys and twitch. 
everybody. Speaking of the Cowboys, let's get into that. Let's talk about that because Dak Prescott, the the the, the MVP candidate, got franchise tag. I like it. I know you do. And why is that? That's because Say he doesn't deserve now. more He's than He's not he that good. Quarterback money. <laughs> I agree. It's he crazy, though, because like everyone was telling me he was so good. I, I, I don't I get it. I never said that. No, I know. Not we you. Not y'all. Not y'all. Not y'all. But I know a lot more Cowboys fans than just y'all two. And you know, folks are telling me, man, Dak Prescott I better than Carson right. Wentz. This, that, the other. Dak right Prescott's a great we leader. Carson Wentz money. We've offered him Carson Wentz money. He wants... He wants more money. He wants top dollar yep, money. Yeah, because that's what everybody been telling him that he is. Jerry Jones talking about he's a great leader. Well, you're not getting paid to lead. You're getting paid to court, play quarterback. And the reality is... Cowboy fans are delusional. They're delusional. All right. And uh, I, I'll leave this question out there. Do we think that Dak Prescott, after this season, uh, do you, do we think he's back in a, uh, in a Cowboys uniform? Yeah. He knows he knows what he's got as far as being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. That's a different job than say being the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When Tom Brady goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he is now the first quarterback to ever really play off for them, right? They don't have any notable names. But when you're playing as the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, you've got a lot behind you. And that's just it's so much more appealing as a player than to go play somewhere else. And I think he knows that. No one ever leaves Dallas. No one ever leaves unless we want them to go. It's just like a rule, a rule of football that I've noticed for being a Cowboys fan for my whole life. No one really leaves. Yeah, I think he stays. Whether that's on a tag or a long term. He's not gonna he, he's not gonna hold out. Stop! Like wow. he's not this talk of this feels like more wishful thinking than reality. Here's the thing. Can I give you my thing? Can I? Can I say my thing? Go ahead. Let bro. me say my thing. Go ahead. You paid Zeke. You broke him off a piece. You paid Amari. You paid Lawrence. You paid Jalen Smith. You paid everyone around this dude, but you didn't pay Dak himself. Because he needs it. Cowboys were two years ago before Amari Cooper came. They were, what is it, two and three or something. And our offense couldn't score. We had scored one touchdown in the past two weeks. And Amari Cooper comes and all of a sudden we're playoff contention again and we're a great team. We were ass when there was no Zeke and there was no Amari Cooper. We were the worst offense in the league. So do we really think think that Dak is going to sit there after he's done everything right up to this point, watch everyone around him get a piece broken off and just be okay with it? No, he's going to feel disrespected. And if you feel disrespected, you don't even at least attempt to seek other opportunities? He could go well, attempt to seek someone, but I don't think anyone else is paying Dak Prescott. I just want to throw this it's out. Like, I think that should Dak Prescott hit free agency, New England Patriots, perfect you mean spot. Next year, yeah, next year, perfect spot, perfect spot. You go into a, more, I know that for sure. You said what? I say I know they're not giving him more than the Cowboys offer. 
Well, if, if you're if you're Dak Prescott and you're only getting that amount of money and you say no one else is going to pay me more than this amount, why not go to the team that actually wants you instead of the team that said we're going to put this franchise tag on your head? Well, because the Cowboys will still pay them that amount. He like I'm the being a quarterback in the Dallas Cowboys is different. Rather, yeah, you get a rather, bunch of different media endorsements. You get so much more attention on you. Yeah, okay, so if someone Cowboys, slapped you in the face and offered play. you five bucks and someone else just offered you five bucks, would you go get the- <laughs> No, would you rather stay in Dallas where, like, the glitz and glamour is or would you rather go to New England in Tom Brady's shadow? I mean, regardless, if you're in Dallas, you're in Jerry Jones's shadow. That's much, That yeah, much has been made clear. you're not big enough to live up to Tom Brady's shadow. Yeah. I mean, nobody will ever be big enough to live up to Jerry Jones's shadow. So, I mean... I don't know, man. All you got to do is win a Super Bowl. I, Belichick is not paying that man 45. I will. No one's paying him 45. Let's be realistic well, by about it. By the time next year comes around, that's going to be the money these quarterbacks deserve, right? So I'll just let y'all know this now, and you can internalize this and, you know, really try to come to terms with it before it happens. But this is the beginning of the end. No more debt. Let me just tell you now that how do you go one day being like this is a lost this is gonna be a lost season next season to we're Super Bowl champs. That Who's makes the no beginning of the end for it's the beginning of the end of the relationship between the deck between Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. The beginning of the end. Oh well, well, when's the last Carson time you, you tell me wait, the wait, last wait, quarterback? Wait, 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 was Carson once not mature or strong enough to handle Nick Foles behind him? Aw. That ain't got nothing to do with this. All I'm saying is, okay, let me put it to you like this. Who was the last quarterback to get franchise tagged and stay with the same team? This is different, though. It's not. It's really not. Because a franchise tag is basically saying, I like you, but I don't like you that much. So my, Here's my prediction is that Dak gets a long-term contract before the beginning of the season commences. Wow. I agree. I agree. That's it's happened a lot. We did it with, I think we did it with Demarcus Ware. But that's at the end. Tyron Smith. That's the left tackle. We talking quarterbacks right now. That's a different. That's a different league. That is a different league. He can can, can try to go somewhere. Just hard to see it. Just not. Just not. I I mean, they they like Michelle said they signed to save you to a long term deal. Three days ago, he should be happy about. They that. signed everybody okay. but him. What that tell you? That Where does he fall on the totem pole? About six. Jerry Jones is letting Dak think that he's that Dak is not the number one priority for the team. I guarantee you that Jerry Jones, the businessman, knows that he needs to make sure that Dak Prescott thinks he's the most valuable. Actions speak team. a lot louder than words. Okay, but Reagan, actions speak a lot here. How do you think he's going to perform? He's still going to perform, you know, he's still going to like try his best. And that only tells you, and if if he performs at the, at the rate that he did this year, then he's going to want the same amount of money. Is he not? What Dallas has to hope for, what Dallas has to hope for is that he goes out there and lays an egg. What's that? Next year, the cap's going to be $5 million higher and we'll have already have signed the rest of our players. Mm. That's what, but I I think we're going to this year. It would be different, like if they lowballed him. He didn't get lowballed. He didn't get lowballed. In his mind, he got lowballed. He got thirty-three that's, million a year. That's great for him. Like thirty-three How million, million is getting like, on the franchise tag, which means it's top five pay. 
there comes there a is point a disconnect. Where you have to be realistic with yourself. And here, here's I'm going like that. here's where I relish in this because it's hilarious from the outside looking in because there's a clear disconnect in what Dak Prescott is worth and what Dak Prescott believes he's worth, and the reason that disconnect exists is completely because of the Dallas Cowboys fans, because of Jerry Jones, because of everyone around Dak telling him what he was no, for all this amount of time. I don't think that's the reason. What's the reason I then? I think it's the opposite. I think it's other teams paying quarterbacks yeah. and getting themselves in bad contract situations. Let me tell you what happened. Let Somewhere. me tell you exactly what happened in the minds of Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott in their negotiations. They're negotiating, now all's fine. Mm-hmm. Then Ryan Tannehill... <laughs> Gets this huge deal. Yep. I'm I'm busy, guys. I'm busy. <laughs> busy trying to justify. Okay, Reagan. Reagan, do you think Jared Goff deserved the money he got? I'm very nope. busy. Please go away. Nope. <laughs> No, this, is, right? this is this is Jerry Jones negotiating with Dak Prescott right now. <laughs> no, no, no. This is Jerry Jones negotiating with Ezekiel Elliott, and Dak Prescott's knocking at the door asking when he's going to get his money. Like this deal. Sorry, this deal happens. This deal happens. Then Jerry's like, "Oh shit, man. Oh shit." Franchise tags him. Says, "All right, we're we're putting this on hold. I can't let you, Dak. I can't let you at the open market. But I don't want you guys going in and seeing these Tannehill numbers and thinking that." Oh yeah, we know you're better than Tannehill, but that just didn't help the Cowboys out. That's hey, yeah. you've allowed that. What the Cowboys have done is allowed everyone else to set the market. So now you have to match the market. That's the only way. That's exactly that they're setting the market. That you you just went against your own point. No, what I'm saying is once the market has been set, Dak Prescott sees everyone around him getting paid and says, "I'm better than those guys." Okay, That's what people have been telling me. Terrible situation. Yeah, but Dak still overthrows wide open throws. You know? Oh, now it's the Dak hate show. See, you see where we come to. Dak ain't this. Never been big Dak. I know y'all haven't. I know y'all haven't. But it's funny because everywhere I'll just use Skip Bayless because Skip Bayless want to talk about how yeah, great Dak Prescott is. The attack cowboy thing. <laughs> I, I, I love to I love to see it. I love to see it. But we can talk about this all day. Why don't we go ahead and get into some of these other free agents? We'll we'll pick up the pace of the conversation a little bit for these guys because the moves weren't as major. But let's start with Philip Rivers going to the Colts. Expected. Expected. <laughs> yeah. I just want to yeah. say this. I don't think he's better than Brissett. I don't. I think Brissett's better as of right now. Maybe the old. Yeah. This is a coin toss. I, I got a question. Is this going anywhere? No. No, it's just okay. going to be – this is going to be where uh, Phillip Rivers fizzles out. It, it's um, almost like Joe Flacco to the Broncos. I, I see that's that, that's how that goes. DeForest Buckner. No one cares. I I, I can tell no one cares. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I care. I mean, my Niners got the 13th pick, so, I mean, that's cool. Right. We talked about that a little bit on, on the clock. You know, one of the top receivers, probably. But for the Colts, I mean, they got a great player. But I, I, I mean, I, I think it was just expected with uh, Nick Bosa. Like, he's obviously going to spearhead your defense for the next, you know, however many years. And you, you just have way too many guys to pay. So, I mean, yeah. for them to get a first-round pick in return, like, that, that's just an obvious thing. Especially a high one like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No doubt about it. Teddy Bridgewater. Before, um, I don't understand why the NFC South keeps getting all this talent and it's not in black and gold, but 
Happy Falls. I mean, how how old is Teddy Bridgewater? Um, let me check that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, I feel like people perceive him as, like, a young dude, but I feel like he's been in the league for some time. He's 27. Okay. He's not too old. But, yeah, because, I mean, if they're rebuilding and with the coach on a, what, 10-year deal? Or 7-year deal? Oh, yeah, Matt Rule's there for a little minute. Yeah, so... Yeah. I don't know if they're using him as a future franchise quarterback or let's test it out, transition maybe type quarterback. I think it's transition. Me too. I don't think, I don't, I don't think they're going to like tank for Trevor Lawrence or anything, but, you know, like you Me said, too. just a wait and, see, wait and see approach. And what's the what's the OC's name, the one that came from LSU? Joe Brady. I mean, he used to, he used to coach for the Saints, no? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that, I feel like, you know, uh, um, Bridgewater being comfortable in that offense also helped them. Yeah. Uh, I just don't, like, who are their weapons? Christian McCaffrey? They don't have any. Other than, yeah. DJ Moore is not yeah, bad. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, but, you know, um, has gone, so. Right. But I, I'm, I I'm curious to see how, how Bridgewater's going to look. To me, Bridgewater's the perfect guy to put in the backfield with McCaffrey because he won't screw up what McCaffrey does. It's almost like a better version of Kyle Allen because Kyle Allen was able to do just enough to like let McCaffrey carry the show and then just not screw anything up. Teddy Bridgewater is like a better version of that. Just you know, they just they just signed Farrell Cooper. I know he's more of a return guy than anything, but about an hour ago. So there's okay. that. What about good old Nick Foles? Good old Super Bowl champ Nick Foles, I'm Chicago. I'm well. Like, like, do you think he's gonna? Well, he'll I end up starting eventually. Yeah, I, 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 I think he's gonna win a job in camp. Trubisky sucks. He does. But, uh, Nick Foles does too. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. I mean, I'm you just look- cur- I'm, I'm just curious to see when they're gonna start Nick Foles. Whether it's week four, week. I think four. he's gonna win in training camp. Yeah, I think so too. And I just think they, they could have gotten someone else right besides in the quote. They could have. And that that's the important thing to remember here is that you had guys like Cam Newton on the market. You had guys like Jameis Winston on the market. But they went and traded for Nick Foles, and that's a conscious decision. Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinator when Nick Foles had his first and only stint in Kansas City. So he knows that Nick Foles knows his system and what he wants to do. That's why he went out and got him. I think Nick Foles does a pretty good job. You have weapons around. You have Cohen. Well, you have uh, Robinson. Like you got players around you. You you can say, you can say you had Cam and Jameis out there on the market. But a, I'm not gonna go with Jameis Winston. So who's my other option? Cam Newton. I don't know if he's healthy. So Nick Foles is a safe option. I feel like. Interesting. What about Stefan? Oh, okay. I wanted to stay on the bench for no, a minute. The Robert Quinn contract just really took me out. That was a lot of money. And not even just the money for me. It's more of the years. Like he's 29 and he signed the five year deal. He makes 30 in May. So he'll be 30 going into the season. I don't know. It's just a long deal. I think Chicago really did not need it. I mean, I know you lost Miller Floyd, but. That money could have been spent elsewhere. <laughs> Interesting. What about Stefan Diggs to Buffalo? I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, so. I feel like I feel like you make that move 
to institute a more like win now situation, win now attitude, and to see if you're really going to make Josh Allen your future franchise quarterback. Mm. He struggled in that playoff game. That was hilarious. I mean, if you can't, you can't, if you can't succeed with John Brown, Cole Beasley in the slot and Stefan Diggs, not to mention know. Devin Singletary uh, in the backfield. But I think that's great yeah, I mean, for his development. They've been drafted receiver anyway. They needed a number one guy. Um, so I think it's really good. I feel like yeah. they're the favorite now in their division. Uh, don't sleep on the Jets now. I don't know. I kind of like what they're doing up there. Um, This one's going to hurt a little bit. Good old oh, Malcolm Jenkins. Oh. That hurt. That one hurt because he he's he's an eagle through and through, but uh, parted ways. What do y'all think? You go first, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really, I don't really bet an eye. I don't really care. You don't um, care. It's I, I Malcolm don't, Jenkins. I don't. It's Malcolm Jenkins. His <laughs> defense didn't do anything last year. But I'm telling you, our defense was probably about average, right? The only reason that defense was even close to average was because of Malcolm Jenkins. He did everything. Don't compare him to LeBron again. I mean... You compared him to LeBron. In terms of doing everything? Oh, my In terms of running everything? It was Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins was absolutely... He was the quarterback. He was the president, CEO, treasurer, secretary, everything of that defense. And now, and he, and he put the company in bankruptcy. No, he didn't. He kept the company afloat. Go ahead, Cam. Tell <laughs> tell tell us how ecstatic you are to have Malcolm Jenkins back on your defense. <laughs> wow, the disrespect on this man's name right now. I mean, the disrespect. I mean, for our listeners, Julio and Reagan can attest to I called it the day before it happened. Like, it's like he got cut. Um, I was like, yeah, and I'm mean, coming back. Sean Payton, every time we play Philadelphia, and even when you like tried to, when you tried to trade Brandon Cooks to Philly, he wanted Jenkins back. He always talked about how he was, was letting up and grow and stuff like that. But Jenkins is a good football player now. Like, I have a year, maybe two, left in the tank. But our current strong safety world, who is now creating Von Bell from Ohio State, our second round pick from 2016, I believe. Um, I wanted to keep him. He's a free agent. Jenkins took his spot, so I'm not happy about that. Also, the deal is like four years, so I'm going to be paying Malcolm Jenkins at least thirty six, eight million dollars a year. Not a fan of that. Von Bell twenty five on the other hand, while Jenkins may slightly be better, I don't feel like the gap is that big. So he cost me Von Bell. So if he can't help my defense provide Super Bowl this year. Y'all are ridiculous. I'm also not the biggest Jenkins fan off the field because I'm a Kaepernick guy. I stand Kaepernick. So there's some issues there, but I mean, he's a good football player, but I'm not like overly ecstatic. Like, it's, hey, if, it's okay. if, if you don't want him, give him back. Give him back because I'll take him back. It's an injustice that he had to do everything. It's because you're that desperate. Hold on. I'm not okay. I'm not that desperate, and let's talk about why. Because Darius Slay. Let's talk about Darius Slay Bay. That man back in or not back in Philly, but in Philly for a third and a fifth round pick. Eagles finally got a corner that can actually lock up. And we're moving Jalen Mills to safety, like I've been saying for years now. 
Can I ask a question for our listeners because they don't really know? Of course. Um, did you guys get Darius Slay before or after your season was over? Because if you guys could see Reagan on day one of free agency, just overreacting to the group message, next season was already over. He was looking for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I was not looking for Trevor Lawrence. I was like, okay, now you're capping on my name. I would never do once like that. I was never at any point. I just want to make that clear. I was not looking was, for Trevor was, Lawrence. He was ready to rebuild the team. He wanted Fletcher Cox going. He would just like to see. I did not want Fletcher Cox. Now you're just capping on me. <laughs> I was in a little bit of panic mode, though. I, I'll tell you why. Because, a you know, the, the Eagles were not doing anything in free agency. We, we signed uh, Javon Hargraves, who was a defensive tackle. Not really a position to need, but beyond that, the Eagles hadn't done anything. And now I'm watching Malcolm Jenkins walk. I know we're not re-signing Nelson Aguilar. We still can't find a trade for Alshon Jeffrey. So I was panicking a little bit. But always you guys are gonna end up signing. And Howie Roseman we trust. What's that? You know you know who you guys are gonna end up signing? What's that? Eric Reed. Cool. And then and then you're gonna move him to a corner. No. Okay. See now you just all right. All right. Watch. See, watch. yeah, Matt. See, I, y'all are just mad because the Eagles got the best corner in the NFL, arguably. No one's no, arguably, what? arguably no, no, the best corner no, in the not. NFL. It's not arguably. <laughs> arguably. No. Well, why did you why did you say it like that? The first the first statement you said he's the best not, corner in the NFL. Arguably. Like, no, Stephon Diggs. I mean, shoot, Stephon Gilmore, Darius Slay. Jalen Ramsey, you're, you're same acting conversation. Like equal. Same conversation. Jalen Ramsey, Marshawn Lattimore, Darius Slay, uh, Thompson. I don't. I he's top top three, top three, easy. No. Anyways, moving on. Moving on to an oh, inferior corner. God. What about Chris Harris going to the Chargers? Oh, that's dangerous. That's so dangerous. That's so dangerous. They that got dudes. They got dudes. Hayward, Derwin James, James, yeah, Chris Harris, they just signed Lamar Jones for the front seven. Bosa, ridiculous. Melvin yeah. Ingram, you got Melvin, yeah, yeah. You love to see it. Yeah, that defense, you you got a lot of talent. It's just a matter of staying healthy. They weren't able to do that last year. They they turned up the O line. Hey man, Herbert might be able to come in and do something. He had some weapons. I mean, so I. I, I, I they got to draft Tua. They got to draft Tua. They can't. Not from where nah, they're at I right think, now. I think Tua's a Dolphin. I think that's locked in. But have to jump her? Ah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't trust Cam's health, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't trust Cam health or Cam's health or him as a football player anymore. Wow. I certainly don't want Jameis, so that's for sure. Please, please, leave it alone. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it later. Just don't. We don't need Melvin Gordon. We'll, we'll talk. Let's talk about Melvin Gordon before you keep bashing my guys. Melvin Gordon just signed a deal today, actually, with Denver. It's cool. I mean, I wonder what they do with Freeman and Lindsey. I mean, running back by committee is getting popular, but I don't know if those other two guys are up to that. They've already split. Yeah. I mean, you the running game is still important. Yeah. Of course. But when you see a running game by committee, like with the 49ers, you know, you have undrafted dudes. And yeah, with right. the Kansas City Chiefs, you got fourth round picks. 
you know, in the in the backfield. Right. You don't have like ten million dollar dudes. So I don't know. I, I felt like they already had, like you said, they already had a solid running back in Lindsay. It's a very unsuccessful holdout. Just put it like that. Um, and finally, last but not least, let's talk about Ryan Tannehill. And in talking about that, let's talk about Derrick Henry as well. Because that was a little ridiculous to me. That was. Oh, it. I feel like it had to happen again. What? I, 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 again, I think it's disrespectful and it's not fair. I think quarterbacks are way overpaid. But I mean, are you gonna are you gonna lock up Derrick Henry? Yes. Todd Gurley. He was that offense. He was that entire offense. Okay. Yeah, but it's the running back position, like. The, th- the state of the running back, and I agree, it doesn't make a whole lot of fiscal sense to pay a running back. But there are certain dudes who break the rule. And I categorize Zeke Elliott in that category. I put Chris McCaffrey in that category. Saquon. I put Saquon in that category. I put Derrick Henry in that category. Well, of guys well, who- serious question. Serious question. I really don't want to like take the man's success or anything. Before that run that he went on, n- nobody was. Thank you, thank you. About Derrick Henry, he's not an A running back. He's yes, not, he, he is, wasn't a top tier running back. The, the thing was, they weren't giving him touches. The second they started giving him the load and said, "You are the offense, Derrick Henry," he took off. But he wasn't but he, getting touches. He's not. He's I'm, not, not, not I'm not paying you that for one season, which is why they tagged him, and I'm sure if you come back and do it, it again, in an old tough. school style running back terms like yeah he might be you know the best of that class but that's just not how offenses go nowadays they went in and beat arguably not even arguably what was the best team in the regular season on the back of derrick henry you can't tell me that it doesn't work we saw it work yeah that's fine but i'm not putting him in that list just because of that and i mean even guys like mccaffrey i mean i think mccaffrey has the and i love saquon so Maybe just because I think he's like a once in a lifetime running back, but those two guys are probably the only exception to the rule. Like, yes. I, I even McCaffrey, like, yes. if he, I know if McCaffrey fades away as a running back, and this is probably a high pick, he's probably a top 15 receiver football. Thank you. Yes. Alvin so Kamara can do the same thing, even though he kind of, you know, he didn't perform. Yeah, and, that and I'm, I'm a Saints fan, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of iffy on paying Kamara just because I don't have the confidence that. If they were to pay him and he wasn't figure out as a back, he would fully fully use him as a receiver. But McCaffrey has shown that ability to do that. But I, like I don't think there's that many exceptions to the rule. Like Zeke is phenomenal, but this might hurt Dallas for two years. Well, time will tell. Um, but with Derrick Henry, it, it's just I, I'm. I believe it sucks, though it's wrong, but I mean, yeah, it's it, it, it is business. But I think that the the hitch wasn't the money. The hitch was the amount of years on the contract. I feel like Derek probably wanted more years than Tennessee was willing to give him at this point in time, and that's why they couldn't get a deal done. If it's me, yeah, the I'm, most the, mo- the most years I'd budge to is three. Yeah, I think that's that's a yeah. that's a fair. And um, three, and three is really like. Uh, I'd, and I'd, I'd, I'd give I, him three. I'd front load that contract. I mean, yeah, I, I'd give him three, and I, I'd give him a solid, like, probably make him easily the highest-paid running back in the NFL for three years. I wouldn't mind that at all. I think he deserved that after what he was showed he was able to do for that offense throughout this year. And to give Tannehill that much money? 
That's just ridiculous, man. But it, it just speaks to the same. I, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I don't agree with giving. Well, I don't agree with giving Tannehill that money. But you just had to do it to me because I knew that it would happen. I mean, the NFL is pretty predictable. Quarterbacks always going to get paid. I mean, they go, um, that's going to bite him in the butt. That that's what's going to bite him in the butt to me, because the way I see it. I don't, I don't know about that though. Like, if they can run, like, just let's say for instance, out of one or two scenarios, Henry plays on tag. Or can we go somewhere else and they drop the Jonathan Taylor or J.K. Dobbins and they run the But they can't do what Jonathan Taylor does. What Derrick Henry does? I mean, yeah, what Derrick Henry does. Do we know that, though? I know for an absolute fact that Jonathan Taylor just can't. Like, there's, there's not, there's only a couple of dudes that can do what Derrick Henry does. And what you're gambling on is you said, we're going to bet on Tannehill before we bet on Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry can easily walk my away. My thing is, again, I'm not trying to paint. Pain of success, but it wasn't sample size. Like this is not like this is what Derrick Henry does. Okay, whose sample size was bigger though? Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill? I feel like they both took off at the same time. And what I wonder why. I wonder why. Because Tannehill wasn't anything when he was in Miami. That's fine, but I'm not arguing, you know, Tannehill over Henry. I'm just saying they run the same system and they can find every down back, a physical back, or even like a land back by committee and just pound the ball and, you know, shorten the media off like he's done with A.J. Brown and stuff. I, I think he can still work when he get back to the third round again or maybe not, but... Did the DeMarco back. Murray contract work for the Eagles? Not at all. But DeMarco Murray, for the I, I don't... I think we're fooling ourselves if we're putting DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry in the same category. Why not? Because DeMarco Murray was a product of the offensive line in front of him. But he was dominant for a whole season. Yeah, but he was he was dominant because of what the offensive line was able to do. Derrick Henry was dominant because he's Derrick Henry. But Derrick Henry isn't like a this phenomenal like pass catcher. Out he doesn't have to be. Just turn like, around and hand the ball. Derrick Henry is known for. Like he, like he doesn't have a reputation as this. Like, for, for what he did, like, for that stretch of the game. Because no one was willing to hand him the ball for that much. Everyone tried to keep forcing that committee between him and Deion Lewis. But then eventually, Vrabel said, let's just give this guy the ball. He's clearly physically different. And then the second they did that, that's when the Titans took off. And then, I, I mean, still, like, that's not a football guy when he is, I think, it will it, it like I mean, probably not. But to me, that's who you had to pay, and I I feel like they're setting themselves up for a situation where Derrick Henry leaves, and now you're stuck with Tannehill, and Tannehill without Derrick Henry isn't good. I hope he leaves to the Eagles, and y'all give him the biggest contract in history. We have Miles Sanders. We good. We good. We all right. We all right. To finish out the show, I wanted to put up a uh, debate because this this quarterback carousel has been everything that we thought it was going to be. Um, but there's still two dudes left on the market, two dudes who I personally like, but I wanted to see what you guys think, Cam Newton and Jameis Winston. So the question is, because there's not a whole lot of slots left to go be a starting quarterback in the NFL right now, if you were a GM and you had to pick between these two guys, who would you rather invest money in, Cam Newton or Jameis Winston? Well, okay. If you're limiting my options to these two picks, I'm going with Cam. But if we're talking about realistic terms, I'm probably looking at the draft. Let's say you're a team like the Patriots, right? And you don't have a high enough draft um, standing to go get at one of these quarterbacks. Hell yeah, I'm taking a chance on Cam Newton. Thanks. 
he he's gonna understand that the de- that the deal like he's gonna sign up for with any team isn't gonna be a five year deal. Probably gonna be a one or two year deal. They need to learn him a great passes, and Cam Newton's just more dynamic on his feet. Yeah, and he's and he's gonna have to prove himself. And I feel like he's gonna come in with that attitude. You know, I got to do something to earn another contract after this. But that's why I feel like Cam Newton's getting messed up is that he keeps on feeling he has to prove himself, which leads to him coming off injury way earlier than he should. What Cam and needs to do is get healthy. Talking about prove themselves, you don't think Jameis? Tries to do that every single pass. That's why yeah, Jameis needs to go to a spot where he's a backup for a little bit. I think the ideal was, spot for Jameis is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. That's what I was going to actually allude to. Um, I think about this a lot when I think about quarterbacks, especially since you brought the Patriots. Um, I remember when I heard about it's the Bill Belichick quote. It's like, don't tell me what a player can't do. Tell me what he can do, and mm-hmm. I'll work with that. And I don't really know what Jameis can You don't know what Jameis can do? 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. That's what he can do. What? That's what the receivers can do. Wow. So 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 when he throws the ball and it's a catch, it's the receiver. It's a good job on the receiver, but when it's an interception, it's a bad job gets, on James. He still gets the yards when the receivers break tackles. But he, that's not how their offense ran. It wasn't a bunch of short routes. It was wait, deep routes. But with Cam Newton, I know that there's always inaccuracy issues. And, you know, stuff like that. But I know that he's going to make plays on his feet. And I know that in the short to immediate game, he's gotten better over the last few, few years. And I just, he, he's better than Jim now y'all know I have a bias towards both of these dudes, right? Yeah. Really. Like I, I, I have an affinity for Jameis Winston. I think he's a a good quarterback who will be a franchise quarterback at some point in the near future. But in my room over there, I got like a, a bunch of fat heads up of Cam Newton. So I, I'm biased towards both of these dudes, and I do think that they both have a spot as a starter in the NFL. But if I had to pick right now, given Cam's health history and given that he's on the wrong side of thirty, I don't know how much better he can. I don't think. He'll ever hit. I, I hate to say it, but I'm not sure if he can ever hit the MVP cam again. Talk about wrong side. But Jameis Winston has the best ahead of him right now. That's why I'm betting on Jameis Winston. I, I would disagree. I know y'all will. And I, one of these days, we're going to sit back and look at it. And you're like, dang, Reagan, you was right. That's crazy. Okay. Jameis Winston <laughs> has the best ahead of him right now. And if I'm a team... And I, I, I need a quarterback for can the they, future. Can they both just not have a high ceiling? Because that's just what it is. Man, that's crazy. That is crazy. I I, I, I can't wait. I really can't wait for James to go ahead. Because I, I do think he needs to go and learn a little bit. Specifically how to not throw interceptions. Call me Booger McFarlane, but that's pretty much it for Jameis right now. But if he sat behind Ben Roethlisberger for the remainder of Ben's career. Ooh, I got a Two years. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, because because Ben Roethlisberger is a gunslinger, but he's able to protect the football a lot better than Jameis is. And Mike, he would listen to Mike Tomlin. I feel like. he would listen to Mike Tomlin. You give him weapons like Juju Smith Schuster. I also don't think he's listening to Mike Tomlin. I'm just not a Jameis guy. True. I'm, I'm sorry. The disrespect is real. Okay, but Reagan, what's the goal? What's the goal of team building and going out there and to win a Super what's Bowl? What's the ultimate goal? To win a Super Bowl. Is he a Super Bowl winning quarterback in your eyes? Hell no. Hell no. Not, not, not from what we've seen. Uh, we we, we have not seen Jameis Winston as play like a Super Bowl winning quarterback. However, 
I do think, based on what I've seen, he has to be ten- the potential. If Jameis Winston were to th- were to have thrown seventeen interceptions instead of thirty, that's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. That's still ter- like like you're up there with Philip Rivers. On, on I'm saying, on I mean, if because th- these are the type of numbers that Brett Favre was putting up in route to, to his Super Bowl, right? Like in Brett Favre, I think we can all agree, Super Bowl winning quarterback. If he can cut down on his interceptions, he's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. When you, when you get to the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, every literally every possession is valid. Is of course. Value. That's Only why he has to be able to cut down mistake. on his mistakes. As simple as that. As simple as that. And I, I do think that he's capable of doing that. I don't I don't see why he wouldn't be. It's been a, it's been a you know it's been a prevalent issue in his game since college is that he has, he's the type of dude to want to play hero ball and it just has to be gotten through to him that that's not what he has to do. And I think that Bruce Arians and his relationship just doesn't work because Bruce Arians wants you to push the ball down the field, but he also wants you to protect it. And that's just so not what James is used to. So your answer is Jameis? My answer is Jameis, yes. And if you're the Chargers, you'd rather go after Jameis? If I'm the Chargers, I would actually go that's after Cam. I'd go after Cam if I'm the Chargers because I'm, I'm more of in a win-now position. But if I'm building for the future, I'm getting Jameis. Simple well, as that. Don't act like Jameis is like 20. He's not, know. but he's still relatively young, and he has his best years ahead of him. Yeah. Um, I do want to slide this in there, though. Uh, I think a great spot for Cam would be uh, Washington, given the, the rapport with him and Ron Revere. Um, although I don't know. The team wouldn't be all that good, but I just think it'd be good from a – team building standpoint however i think that's going to do it for i think that would just mess up whenever they're trying to do it haskins yeah 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 i just don't think haskins is ready he wasn't ready last year um yeah but if he's not if he's not ready next year i mean draft the quarterback true just like go find your guy very true. These are all good points. And with that said, we are going to end this episode of Triple Coverage, this remote episode. This is how we're going to be, you know, giving you our content from here going forward until this uh, this deal blows over. Make sure y'all stay healthy out there at home. Make sure wash you wash your hands, hands uh, use hand sanitizer, social distance, all that good stuff. Um, but we'll keep you updated throughout the rest of the offseason heading into next season. Hopefully we'll be able to be back at school it was we'll be able to record in the booth uh by the beginning of next season um but for the time being this is what we're dealing with and we're gonna make the best of it so with that said that'll be the end of this episode we will catch you next time